is trustworthy that we can even pray that prayer. Lord, that there is part of me that is just me and not of you, just burn it up. Burn up everything that is not of you so that what remains is worth keeping. And we just live a life of purified, powerful saints. Those who have been through the fire and recognizes that the things of this world are so temporary. The things that so much of society puts all of their investment in will just be gone in a little bit. But everything that you do in our life, every word you speak into our life, it's eternal. Well, we just thank you that we can trust you enough to say, Lord, purify me. Take me through the fire. We know that you're a good God and you don't harm us. You only make us better. You only give us the very thing that we were really desiring all along. But we were just looking in all the wrong places. Meaning, fulfillment, love, joy, peace. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And with your gifts, there is no shadows. There are no dark spots. There's no take backs. <laughs> you're just good. We thank you that you're good to us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have a list of values in our church. And one of those values is that because God is generous, we're generous. And we want to be irrationally generous. What does that mean? Give when it don't even make sense. Just be generous even beyond. It's like, that's just crazy. <laughs> well, today's sermon is called Crazy Faith. And it's a subject that I used to not touch because I was worried about what people would think. Uh, see, I used to rob people. And, uh, and it wasn't like with a gun. It was, I was robbing people by not giving them. I was withholding information. And the information of what we're going to be talking about today is so valuable. But I was so concerned that I would be lumped in with some of those con artist preachers. I was raised in the 80s, and man, there was a bunch of them. You know what I'm talking about? And, and they're still around, but, but they were just, just fleecing the flock. And I thought, you know, people automatically, when they walk into the doors of a church, they automatically are looking, many, not all, not y'all, are looking for a reason to be offended. And so that they'll have an excuse when they stand before God. Oh, I would have followed you, but that preacher that day, all he cared about was money. And so I was, you know, you build this stuff up in your mind. So I said, okay, Lord, uh, if their hearts are right, their wallet will be also. Because here's a scripture in, in, 
And we use this scripture to try and find a loophole and, and say, well, if we, get, if we get this right, then that'll follow. And so we'd say, well, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You notice it's backwards, right? What came first in the order? Treasure. I say, if their, if their heart was right, then their wallet would be also. God says, no, where your wallet is, I'll follow. Your desires, what you invest in, you, if you took all of your money out of your savings account, and you're sitting there thinking, I don't even got no savings. But anyway, we're going to fix that today. Took all your money out of your savings account and put in one stock. You would watch that stock, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm now so interested in Nike or whatever it is. I am so, so, suddenly so interested in this. I, don't, I can't go a day without checking on it. Well, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And it's not the opposite. And so I had to quit robbing people. See, if I withhold from you that which would actually bless you, I'm robbing you. And we're going to look at a passage of scripture that says that in Malachi in a little bit. But I want to, I want to start off uh, just, just pointing these things out. Your, what you do with your finances, your money is, is a test from God. It's a test from God. Why? It will, it will let you know where your priorities are, where your affections are, and where your loyalties are. What you do with your resources. And so here's, the, here's a cool thing. In the New Testament, we have uh, a little less than 500 verses of Scripture on prayer. We have a little more than 500 verses of Scripture on faith. Y'all ready for this? There are over 2,000 verses of scripture on finances and giving and possessions. Jesus tells 36 parables. Exactly half of them, 18, are on money. He's, he's, he spoke more on resources, on money, than he did on heaven and hell combined. It must be important. It must be important. And so, uh, as I said, I didn't want, man, I didn't want people to say, all oh, they care about is my money. Let me just help you understand. It is not what we want from you. It's what we want for you. I want you to be crazy blessed. I want you to have more, more money. <laughs> I want you to have resources just flowing. Why? So that you can be more generous. So you can bless more people. So you can be a living display of this is what our good God does. See, I used to be bad with a spirit of poverty. Bad. I was horrible. I mean, I'm still fighting it today. I'll just be real honest with you. Spirit of poverty. What does that mean? Well, it means if I have anything nice, I have to explain away why I have it. You know, because preachers are supposed to be poor. Some, most are. <laughs> and so, so I say, oh, that's a nice whatever. And you start trying to, trying to find a way to explain it away and say, well, you know, I got it on sale. Yeah. You know, well, it's just old. You know, I, we, it was horrible. Why? What should I have said? I'll tell you what, I'm so thankful for it. My God is good. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> my God is good. And I'm thankful for how good he is to me. And so I want to talk today about crazy faith. Why do I call it crazy faith? Because you, when you get serious about this subject, those friends who don't know the Lord, they're going to start thinking you're crazy. Yes. They're going to start thinking you're crazy. You gave your, how much money? To who? What? Are you crazy? I'd be crazy blessed. Crazy blessed. I'm going to tell you some of the crazy stuff that's happened in this sanctuary, the room you're sitting in right now. I don't know exactly how many because it doesn't get advertised. People don't come and tell me that they did it. But numerous cars have been given away in this room right here. Cars. I know of one house 
And it was not like some shabby old house. This house was like, it was a nice house with a heated pool. That kind of house was given away in this room right here. Crazy stuff. It's like, are y'all crazy? Absolutely. <laughs> we're, crazy. we're crazy up in here. So Exodus chapter 23, I want to talk about this principle when it comes to giving. And, and Jesus would say crazy stuff. He would say crazy stuff and catch people's attention with his crazy stuff. And, uh, and so there will be things that come out of this sermon today that just might just hack you off. But sometimes you got to get mad before you get right. It's going to hack you off because it, it comes against. All right. So if you came in here and you're religious, you, we've already messed with that a little bit. And you're religious and you found a religious loophole and said, no, this giving stuff, that's Old Testament law. Well, can I mess up your religion and your theology? This giving stuff was pre-law. It goes all the way back to the first family. And, and with this Cain and Abel offering, it's like what, why was Cain's offering not accepted by God? And, and you can check it out early in Genesis, like chapter four or something, three or four. Why was Cain's offering not accepted by God? And why would an offering not be accepted by What's this good God doing here? And why is Abel's offering accepted by God? Do you remember how the one brother killed the other brother and how that went down? Why? Because one brother's offering was accepted by God. The other one was not. And here's where it goes. It's an offer. It is the eternal principle of first fruits. It says this of Abel. And Abel brought his first fruits to the Lord. And in, and in the process of time, Cain also brought an offering. Cain's wasn't accepted by God. God's like, oh, so you're going to give me your leftovers. You're just going to give me what's left? You're going to give me your leftovers? How does that tell, how does that speak about your priorities, your affections, your loyalties? If your cable bill gets paid before you bring your offering to the Lord, what are you more loyal to? Oh, see, now that made you mad, didn't I? <laughs> now that got all up in your chili. Here's the business here. If we put God first in everything, should he not be first in our finances? Yes. He should be first in our finances. It's called first fruits. We go back to the Old Testament as God before the law, as God was bringing out the nation of Israel. He said, you're going to give me your firstborn. They're mine. Man, this sounds like a greedy God. No, it's a good God. He's going to give me your first fruits. It's mine. And when you trust me with this kind of crazy faith, I'm going to bless you exceedingly. And it's all through the scriptures. It, it's even a part of your salvation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need you to recognize it. It's a part of your salvation. I, I, I'm going to get our sister all mixed up. But let's just go back to Exodus 23. I'm sorry. I got so much information here. I'm just ready to pour it out. Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord. Amen. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord. God says, and when you do that, I'm going to bless you. Because it's that first portion that's the redemptive portion that when you bring that first portion, all of the rest is blessed. And so it's all the way, it's all just all the way through the scriptures. But then I said, it's even a part of your salvation. Romans chapter eight says that Jesus is the firstborn of the father. Here's what Apostle Coleman said the other day. And I just grabbed onto it. My, my friend across town, he said, love always expresses itself through giving. Do you love God? Well, if we looked at your bank statement, would it tell you that you love God? 
Love always expresses itself through giving. The most well-known verse of all the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the firstborn of God. He was the one who was born for God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. He's the only one that was born the son of God. I've been born again the son of God. But it was because God gave his best first. I need you to catch this. God gave his first fruits. Jesus is the firstborn. Where does that pass it? Romans chapter 8, uh, 29. Romans 8, 29. I, I, I keep y'all guessing and her guessing. So it's fun. For, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Guess what? I'm now a brethren. Why? Because God gave Jesus first. He, here's the crazy stuff about the first fruits, giving of the first. You don't know if it's gonna, there's going to be any more. That's why it's crazy faith. So if I have a, a they would bring their, their lambs to the Lord. And uh, so I have this ewe lamb, female sheep, and she has a little baby lamb. And that's her first one. I'm, br- I'm bringing that to the Lord. Lord, I'm giving this first one to you. That's my first fruits. How's that? That is crazy faith because you don't know if she's going to ever have any more. I had a cow that had one calf, and that's it. That's it. That's bad cows. That's, you get rid of those cows. <laughs> but but you see, she had that one lamb, and he said, Lord, that's yours. You don't know that you're going to be feeding this rascal and getting nothing out of it, but that is your faith. God, I'm trusting you that you will bless this one, and I will be receiving more. That's, or the crops, the first fruits. You bring the first of the crops to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust this to you because I know you're trustworthy and you're going to bless the rest. You don't know that a hailstorm don't come blowing through it and destroy the rest of your crops and you got nothing. You don't know. It's faith. It's crazy faith. And so when you see this first stuff, you see it is an eternal principle that goes all the way back early in the book of Genesis, all the way through the scriptures, and even a part of your salvation. And it is so vital to understand this, what is a tithe and what is all this stuff. So let's explain it. Tithe simply means a tenth. It just, that's all it means. Tenth. And so you want to get mad over something? Tenth. Get mad over that. So that's all it means. It means a tenth. And so we, we, we bring the first tenth. It's not just a tenth. This is the business of first fruits. It's not just, okay, Lord, I've paid all my bills and I've got 10% left over. I'm going to give that to you. Number one, you don't give him anything. He gave you everything. And he says, that 10% is mine. And if you give that 10%, bring it, bring your tithe to the, to the house of the Lord. If you bring that back to me, you're going to see that I am a faithful God and I'll bless the rest. Amen. Here's one of those crazy statements. Your prayers may not get answered, but your giving always gets answered. Your prayers may not. You say, you sure about that? I got some scriptures that says that all my prayers get answered. Well, maybe it's like John chapter 15, verse seven, that if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask of me whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. Did you see the room for, maybe it won't. Maybe I'm, I'm praying for something, but I'm not abiding and his word ain't abiding in me. And I pray and I don't receive it. Now I'm mad at God. 
Why? Because he didn't give me what I asked for. Well, James says, sometimes you ask and don't receive because you pray amiss, desiring to fulfill it on your own pleasure. So your prayer may not be answered, but here's what God says when it comes to this subject. Give and it'll be given unto you. I promise you. And in fact, he says, you want to test something? Test me in this. Only place in scripture God says, test me in this. I promise you I'll do it. Isn't it crazy? Crazy faith. Amen. He says, he says, all this other stuff, don't test God. Don't test God. And then he comes to this passage. Test me in this one. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Well, we're going to start in verse 8. I told you before I used to rob people by not giving the truth of this subject because I'd pay, I was afraid people would think, oh, he's just one of the money-grubbing preachers. Please understand, that ain't what this is about. I want you to be blessed. But when I withhold from you what God has told me to give you, I'm robbing you. Robbing you of the truth of his word and robbing you of the blessing that he wants to bring you. Amen. Here's what it says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, to what, in what way have we robbed you? They got a little bit of an attitude problem. I don't know if y'all know. They got a, God says, you've robbed me. And like, how? In what way? And he said, in your tithes and offerings. In your tithes and offerings. What have they done? They've withheld what was, what was rightfully God's. Bring all the tithes. This is verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. God says, I want my house of worship to be a place where people who have needs can come and they find their needs met here. And that will happen when God's people get right in their finances. He says, but, but the ministry was not happening here in the temple because God's people weren't right in their giving. And he says, I want my name to be revered as it is supposed to be when you go by this principle and yet you keep robbing me and you're actually robbing them because they're not able to find the help that they need. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. Like, test me. You ever had anybody say, try me? <laughs> God said, try me. You, you, you can pray and not get your prayer answered. But every time you give, he gives back unto you. It's a promise unto the Lord. You say, well, I, 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 gave, uh, I gave when I was uh, seven years old. I gave a dollar and I didn't get nothing back. Well, I bet you did. Yeah. I bet you did. So you, you might say, and I have never heard anybody say this, by the way. I tried it and it didn't work. I've never heard anybody say this. But let me explain to you the principle of sowing and reaping. Here's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's garden season. I hear people all the time say, I got my garden planted. If I plant seed, let's just use wheat. If I throw some wheat out on the ground, do I sit there and say, okay, I'm expecting a harvest tomorrow. Here's the principles. Here's, the, here's, the, here's how this works. Principles of sowing and reaping. Number one, you do reap what you sow. Exactly what you sow. And so if I sow wheat, do I expect corn to come up? No, not unless you're on that, that movie, uh, uh, Secondhand Lines. Y'all remember that movie? All I got was corn. I got a, they had a shyster salesman selling my old corn seed. 
So, no, I expect wheat to come up when I sow wheat. So people say, well, if I give of my time, then God will bless my finances. No, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Can I just go ahead and encourage y'all this morning? Y'all have done a good job because you've already started off this week with your first fruits. You have. You've given of the first fruits of your time. This is Sunday, the first day of the week. And he said, I'm coming to the house of the Lord on the Lord's day. I'm going to give of him my time on the first day of the week. Guess what? He's going to bless your time this week. Amen. Just look for it. He, he, he blesses in response to your faith. And you could have laid home and say, it's the only day I got to lay in bed and watch gun smoke. It's the only day I got to do that. I, I need my rest today. Lord wants me to be rested. Lord will bless what you, you, you plant. You will reap what you plant. You will reap what you sow. All right. So you reap what you sow. You reap later than you sowed it. I don't plant a seed today and come ready to harvest tomorrow. It might take a little time. It might take a little time. But here's the good part of it. You reap more than what you sowed. I don't plant one kernel of corn and watch that thing come and grow up and got some ears on it. And I rake open that, that ear of corn and got one kernel up. Woo, I did good. That's bad farming. I, I'm going to reap more than what I sow. This is the principle. But you need to understand, we need to come back to first fruits. That's where faith comes in. It don't take any faith to give him what was left over, does it? Mm -mm, but it takes crazy faith to give him your first fruits. And so I want to I also look at a, a um, oh, where do I want to go, sister? Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And this verse of scripture, this is so good. Honor the Lord with your possessions. This is Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions. It's an honor when you put him first. And God honors what you honor. You honor him with your possessions. He said, I'll honor you back with more possessions. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. You catch that? With the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Amen. Amen. If you came in here this morning and uh, you, this is your first time to ever come to this church and uh, you, you're already weirded out and uh, says so you didn't know what to expect and you came in a little cautious and then our praise team just blows the walls out and you come in and you're like, I don't really know if I, hey, I I'm just kind of, I've had an overflow already and then here I come talking about giving and you're like, yeah, I ain't ever come back here no more. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to get you blessed. I'm trying to get you blessed. It's a promise of the scriptures. Try, uh, let's try Proverbs chapter 11, one of my favorite verses of scripture, because God used it in me in a huge way. I'm sitting in the deer stand with Caleb, and he's about as tall as that podium at the time. He's a little guy. By the way, he's over at 316 Church this morning leading worship for them. I love the partnership we have with our sister churches in this city. And they had a need, and we were able to meet it. That's that, that's that generosity. It's a, one of our values. Anything that we have you need, we want to give it to you. Irrationally generous, even if it's our best, if it's our building, if it's our van, and we have people ask, yeah, absolutely. We want to be crazy generous. So chapter 11, verse 26, I'm sitting there in the deer stand and, and I'm praying, Lord, would you pour out upon me? I'm praying in my spirit because you can't say that out loud. Deer won't hang around for that. 
And so I'm saying, Lord, would you pour out on me? I want you to pour your spirit out on me. I want to be a mighty man of faith like those that I've studied in history. I want to be a man of God that just you use in a great way. And, and, and I'm reading through my little book I got in the army, my little Gideon Bible, and I'm flipping through it. And, and my eyes were better back then. And I'm reading these tiny little scriptures. And here's what it said. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Before I get to the verse, let me just share with you about that one. If I got a handful of, of, of oats, I can have oatmeal this morning or I can plant those oats. And so if I say, oh, I want I want mine now. I want this now because some good oatmeal be just right right now. So I just go ahead and eat it now. Well, guess what? I won't have more later. Right. It's gone. It's gone. But if I say, you know what, I can, I can have this now, or I can have oatmeal every morning. I can have oatmeal every morning. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to start sowing this, these oats out in the field. And guess what? In a few months, man, I got more oats than I know what to do with. That's the, that's, so there's one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Here's the verse. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. God, I want you to pour out on me. And when you pour out on me, I'm going to pour out everywhere else. God says, that ain't how I work. He said, you start pouring out, I'll start pouring in. Get the order right. Amen. People say, well, when I get able, I'm going to start giving. You'll never start giving. Because you're living accursed. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We looked at, did we look at that this service already? Was that this service or the previous service? We did do it. Yeah. So let me talk about that curse. We need to go back there anyway. Go back there anyway. Amen. We're going to hang around on it. We didn't finish it. So we need to talk about this curse business. So Malachi chapter 3, we're going, to, we're going to look at verse 10. Bring all the tithe in the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. I'll give you more than you can hold, he said. I'll give you more than you can hold. And then it says, if you remember back, you're cursed with a curse, verse 9. And here's why. Verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer. How many of you, us have lived under the devourer? <laughs> I have lived under the devourer. There just ain't enough month at the end of the money. There just ain't enough month at the end of the money. I am out of money and I still got bills to pay. Why? Because uh, it's being devoured. It's just there's always somebody else with their hand out. And it's just being gone. And God says, if you get your finances right... All of a sudden, there will be enough month. <laughs> there will be enough money at the end of the month. I'll rebuke the devourer. But because you're not given of your first fruits, that which blesses the rest, you, you're under a curse. What is a blessing and what is a curse? A blessing is when the supernatural works on your behalf. Anybody want that? Let me just say this one more time. Because I am not convinced that you do. A blessing is when the supernatural works on your behalf. A cursing is when the supernatural works against you. Anybody want that? No. 
No. It's like, here, I'm going to give you $1,000 or I'm going to poke you in the eye with a sharp stick. Which one you want? <laughs> Money, please. So I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed. He wants to use you. I need you to catch this. He wants to use you as living advertisement of his goodness and generosity. He does. This ain't what I want from you. This is what I want for you. I want God to be able to use you. I've had people say, man, I tried this business, this trying to outgive God, and it gets crazy. It gets crazy. You can't do it. The more you give, the more he gives back, and you just try and give more, and then he just gives back more. And, and let me just tell you, it's tried and proven. Myself personally, this church, we were going through financial struggles for a season. And I would dread walking through the front doors and seeing Tommy Mason's face as she had that look on her face saying, pretty sure you need to be praying about our finances. And I got along with the Lord and I said, Lord, I, what do we do about this? And he said, well, you've made giving secondary and it should be primary. Well, I didn't want to preach it because I'm afraid people would think I was a, one of those con artists that just trying to take your money. I didn't want to preach it. And God says, look, when it came to the feasts and festivals of the nation of Israel, there seldom was preaching. There often was music, but there always was giving. Man, he made that so clear to me that, Always was giving. It's a primary thing, not a secondary thing. Don't tag it to the end of the service because you're afraid people are going. You want people to be blessed. I said, yes, sir. And so I preached a sermon series. I came across a book that you should get if you're interested at all in this subject. And it's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. Bless my socks off. And then I started, our church started giving to Israel first. And we made sure that we made it primary. Now, we, we, we just, we have never, from that point forward, we've never had any more financial issues at this church. Amen. I could go through story after story after story of my own blessings. And, and I'm just telling you, God is so good. And, he, and this principle, he may, you can be wrong and he'll still bless this. I, I hate to say that. I hate to say it because I know some, some, some money-grubbing businessmen who I don't even think they know God, but they do this, and he blesses it. Why? It's an princ eternal principle. And God already said, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to bless it. All right, so we're going to close with this. Y'all probably know this story. And it was Jesus when he fed the 5,000. Now, the scriptures tells us it was 5,000 men plus women and children. So we guesstimated 12 to 15,000 people on the hillside one day. And they come and Jesus tells his disciples, uh, you need to feed them. And they look at him. I, I can just imagine the look. Feed them with what? Feed them with what? We were figuring to go in town and get our own food. What are we supposed to feed them with? They said, even all the money that we have, we'll even buy them a little bit. And uh, so here goes Andrew, and he finds this little boy, and he brought him a sack lunch. He got him, he got him some biscuits and fish, and got five loaves and two fish. And don't you know, if it's a little boy's lunch, it probably was little bitty loaves and little, you know, small fish, because he can't fish the way I can. But anyway. <laughs> 
So this little boy brings the five loaves and two fish. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts multiplying it. Now let's back this thing up. If you want your finances to be blessed, get crazy enough to start bringing your first fruits to the Lord. But if you're ready to get crazy blessed into the multiplication, bring your offerings to the Lord. Let me explain the difference. Tithing is 10%. And God says, uh, excuse me, that 10% is mine. I gave you the ability to gain wealth, wealth according to scriptures. I gave you that. I want the top 10. And I'll just see what I'll do when you do that. When you trust me enough to give you the top 10, just see what I'll do with it. And, and so that, that, top, that top 10, that, that first 10% blesses the rest. Amen? But then he says, bring your offerings, your tithes and offerings. An offering is anything above the 10%. You want to see it get crazy? Get crazy. Have some crazy faith and start bringing offerings to the yes. Lord. And let me tell you, we touched on the 10%, bring it to the house of the Lord. Those offerings could go anywhere. You should just give in the name of Jesus. Just give anybody has a need. Just give them in the name of Jesus. There was a season in which Christy and I, we were about to go to Israel. We needed $6,000 to go to Israel. And uh, it might have been, might as well have been $6 million. We didn't have it. And I told her, I said, we don't have the resources. And I don't know how we're going to get it. There's only one way that can happen. We got to start giving more. Like, that don't make no sense. Well, this is a kingdom that is often upside down. And so we started giving, somebody had a need, man, we just giving money away. We give money away like crazy. I had, I said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give, give more and I'm going to save back the calves this year. I'm not going to sell my calves until, uh, until we go to Israel and then I'll, and then I'll sell my calves and all that money will go to, to our trip to Israel. I'm, I told y'all wrong. It wasn't $6,000 that year. It was $12,000 that year. $12,000. And so we started giving money away. And you know, we got time to, the, to go to Israel. And I didn't have to sell my calves. I, didn't, I had plenty of money to go to Israel. Money left over from all of that. And then all the money that I made off my calves, right there, baby. Right there in my pocket. So I'm telling you, God will honor it. You will get crazy blessed, get some crazy faith. The offering is above the tithe. So back to the story. Jesus, they bring him these five loaves and two fish. And he starts breaking that bread and start handing them out and handing them out. And they had enough bread and fish. And I can eat a lot of fish. They had enough bread and fish to feed twelve to 15,000 people with 12 basketfuls left over. It's a miracle. Absolutely, it's a miracle, and yet it's still a principle. And here's the thing. It can't get blessed and multiplied until you put it in his hands. It can't get blessed and multiplied until you put it in his hands. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're a miracle-working God. You're a miracle-working God. And you bless in such crazy and amazing ways. And I want our people to be a living example to the goodness of our God. And I pray that you would stir up in them this crazy faith today. Let their friends think they're crazy. They'll be crazy blessed. And in a few years, those friends will be asking them for money. 
Lord, I pray that we'd be good stewards of the resources that you've given us, good managers. That we'd be generous because you're generous. I pray we'd understand this principle. And if somebody's mad right now because I touched their sacred cow, Lord, I want to slaughter that cow. And I want them to recognize that there's a good God who wants to bless their socks off so they can be a blessing. So they can be a blessing. Lord, challenge our false beliefs and tear down those false beliefs and build up truth in their hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to have our altar team at the front. It may be that you didn't hear a word I preached because you came in here with a heavy heart and God's working on something else right now. And you need somebody praying with you. It may be that, that you've heard something completely and totally different. That's fine. Whatever the Lord speak, speaks to you, that's what I want you to hear. And so you may need to come and, and, and pray with our prayer team. You may need to just come bow at the altar, but you do it. And you do it now. We're not delaying. Let's worship.